friends, and welcome to the Thrive Hive. I'm your host, Trisha Kins, and before I introduce my guest, I just want to remind you to visit the Thrive Hive podcast on Instagram and visit the Thrive Hive on Facebook. We also have a Thrive Hive community page if you want to be added to that on Facebook. Um, everybody's welcome, but there is like a request and questionnaire type situation. Um, so today I have Lena joining me and we're going to be talking about body image and social media and mental health and kind of how those things intertwine. Um, so welcome Lena. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience kind of with this general topic? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Lena and this topic does really speak to me because I actually have quite a little background with um, eating disorders. And I found that, you know, delving into that, I did like, um, I blame social media a lot actually for what I went through. And, you know, looking back on it, it's incredible how we look at social media as something so normalized, whereas it did for a while, like ruin my quality of life. I think that's something that as we acknowledge it, like thinking back even to like, I mean, seemingly long time ago, but like not that long ago, people weren't on social media nearly as much as they are now. And I think the connection that that has had with a lot of eating disorders or just mental health things that a lot of people, especially younger people have been experiencing is really significant. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. You said that you have experiences with eating disorders. I do. Um, Was that something that you kind of identified before you were using social media regularly? Was it, did it stem from social media or kind of how? So I, it's kind of like a long story to get into it. I was starting a weight loss journey after I wanted to become healthier. You know, I looked up all the um, health you know, influencers on social media. And when I say health influencer, they were like, eat your veggies, you know? Yeah. Snack on some... Like nutritionist type. Yeah. Sure. Some celery. <laughs> do whatever. Like, <laughs> eat some celery and like walk a, lo- a lot. Walk a little. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so for a while, I was really, really healthy and I lost a lot of weight. Um, But then it just spiraled and I always wanted more. And I'd look at people on social media and be like, why don't I look like like that yet? Why don't I have this yet? And so that, you know, it started kind of getting to me a little bit more than I was comfortable with. Um, And I realized it had progressed to a point where I was trying to get results in a very, very short window of time. And whereas I was doing it the healthy way and seeing results at a timely manner, it was just way too far, way too far. And you don't realize how deep you get until you have to pull yourself out. And that's the hardest thing you can do. People aren't talking about this as much probably as they should be because there are so many companies, organizations, people on Instagram, influencers, what have you, that are kind of focusing on this like health and nutrition. And I don't know how much they think about the people, especially young people paying Mm -hmm. attention to that. But most young people don't need to be on like a diet. Exactly. And that's not, 
there's like this huge diet culture that we mm-hmm. are like embolizing and we think it's really great. And for some people, I'm sure it's necessary and it's good and what have you, and they're doing it a healthy way. Um, but for so many people, it's like this, it, not for everyone, but to the extreme extent, like this body dysmorphia thing where you mm. are seeing all these beautiful health people eating vegetables and running a mile a day and looking incredible. And you think that you're nowhere near that, whereas you are, Mm -hmm. or even if you're not, you're like taking it to extremes, like you said, and just, it becomes an addiction and it becomes something that is not manageable based on kind of what your original expectations were. Yeah. And it's hard because, you know, let alone eating disorders are sad because obviously it does affect your mental health a great deal, but also nobody really talks about the physical side effects of an eating disorder. And even eating disorder recovery is a huge, huge thing too. Like the physical side effects you will feel are unpleasant. They're, you know, it just makes you think a little more because if I knew what I was getting into in that if I knew that those things were going to happen when I was trying to get better, I don't think I ever would have stooped as low as I did. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's unfortunately one of those things that you can only realize when it's like hindsight 2020, Mm -hmm. like, um, I got to this point and I did this about it, but like you wouldn't have known unless you did it. Oh yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people, especially people who talk about eating disorders and I mean, there's a huge range of eating disorders, so we're not talking about one necessarily specifically, but, um, people almost like glorify them. Oh yeah. Or if they're not glorifying them, they, they talk about them in like a negative context, but they don't describe or dive into like the extent of what an eating disorder looks like, what, mm-hmm. like, like you said, what the physical side effects are, what the mental side effects are. It, it, it's a, it completely takes over your body physically yeah. and figuratively. And I think people don't talk about it enough, but they also talk about it in a problematic way where their eating disorders are downplayed all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, people yeah. will like joke about like not eating or like having a nice coffee for lunch. Right. Like I will see those tweets. And you know, if you asked Lena before her eating disorder and you showed her that tweet, she'd probably laugh at it. She'd probably be like, you know what? One day going to class, I did that or something like that. But I look at things a completely different way now because of what I went through. And that's really important as well. And you know, I remember when I was younger learning about eating disorders like all throughout school and they would never like it was weird the way it was talked about. It was almost like, yeah, you have to eat. Right. Like or this is going to happen. You're going to have anorexia or bulimia or, or whatever. Or they would say you have to eat or you'll die. Yes. Which like is not the reality. No. <laughs> There's a huge range of things in between those two things. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But Specifically, I had anorexia, mm-hmm. um, and that it's it's weird the way people talk about it. Again, it's just kind of they say, like you said, eat or you'll die, or right. something like that. Um, but it was always kind of a closed conversation or a closed door conversation, and they would always show you pictures to be afraid of. 
like a girl laying in a hospital bed and she looks like a skeleton. Mm -hmm. That is not, that is part of it, but sure, eating disorders don't have a look. Right, that's not a realistic depiction of of what an eating disorder is. Exactly. You can be all shapes and sizes and have an eating disorder. There are so many of them. And you know, chances are, you your friend could your best friend could have an eating disorder and you don't know yes absolutely um what my biggest thing was was you know in my recovery the hardest thing was telling people and that's you know what was harder to hear was people being like oh I kind of figured yeah. And those were the same people praising me yep. a month before saying how great you look I look. so good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was in pain. Right. Physically and emotionally. And it's kind of like, all right, so why didn't you say anything? Right. Because honestly, it gets to the point when you're in that deep, you almost want to have somebody pull you out or say something like, are you okay? Like checking on you or yeah. like... Or even even some kind of like reality check, like, yeah. Because it's with eating disorders and with a lot of mental health disorders, like you're so deep into it mm-hmm. that that's I mean that's your reality. Yeah. You don't realize once you're so far in that it's so removed from quote unquote normal life. Yeah. That you're like, if you're if you're recognizing this in me and you're somebody that cares about me. Why aren't you you helping pull me out? Yeah. Yeah. And not to say like you should get a kick in the butt from somebody for your own mental illness, but it's more so you want somebody to feel like they're watching out for you. Yeah. And you're like that, that was like the tail end of me realizing that, oh my God, you need help. Yeah. And sure. I had, um, Hearing people be like, oh, well, I kind of figured or this or that is really hard because it's like, well, when? When did you notice? Right. Did you notice a week ago? Did you notice a month ago? This was morning? Five months like, ago? What, right. What's up? Did you right. notice something weird? Was I acting weird? Like, call me out. Right. Um, I do wonder if that goes back to kind of like we we're saying, like the education and the knowledge around eating disorders, yes. though, because like people almost aren't putting them in this negative context that like, oh, like, yeah, I fig- I kind of figured that you had an eating disorder. Like, right. Did you not think that was a bad thing? Is that mm-hmm. why you didn't say anything? Did you not know how to approach it? Did you think I would be mad? Like, what is, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what, to those people, what that looked like. Right, right. And the hardest thing about having an eating disorder was probably the fact that I kept telling myself, well, when you're this skinny, you can be happy. Yeah. And that, you know, looking back on that mindset that I had, I can't even believe I was that person. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, like with every mental illness, I feel like once you've reached a point in recovery, you look back at your previous self and you just have to wonder why. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's funny to me. <laughs> yes, it's the, definitely something. Yeah, the realization is always the hardest part. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, just like a little bit about like joke culture almost (laughs) is that like people, and I think this, this 
thing that I'm about to say is less of a joke and more of like something that people just say is that like if you see someone that is overweight mm-hmm. and they make a comment about how they have an eating disorder, people like laugh at it. Yeah. If someone is overweight and they say they have an eating disorder, regardless of what that eating disorder looks like, mm-hmm. why is that funny? Why? Why do you also why do you assume that this person is joking that they have an eating disorder mm-hmm. because they're heavier? Right. I, that, I mean, and that's something that I've seen time and time again. People are like, oh, well, you can't be anorexic because you're fat. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that It blows my mind. Literally, yeah. No, anorexia does not have a look. Other eating disorders do not have a look. Right. It could be all around the board. Do you think that... From your experience or from within the context of your experience talking with other people, I don't know the extent of which you did that, but do you think that this is primarily women that are experiencing this? Do you know any men or um, any men in the context of eating disorders that you've probably been within communities, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. um, that are experiencing this either from social media or just kind of in general? Because I feel like we never talk about men in eating disorders. Oh, yeah. Never. Um, yeah, and honestly, as I was researching a lot about eating disorders, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about eating disorders um, in general. And the community, the span of who it affects is so incredible because you could be nine years old yeah. and have an eating disorder. You could be a 15-year-old boy and have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of different stories posted online. Um, And, you know, seeing... That's another thing. We don't want to depict men as weak in our society, just Mm -hmm. as a tradition. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that, you know, a skinny man, he's weak. Right. Right. You know, and that immediately causes an uproar in some people and that's um it's just amazing to me how I didn't know that there were that many men out there with an eating disorder and hearing their stories you know it's just as bad as everyone else like an eating disorder doesn't choose like oh I'm gonna just take this 18 year old girl yep and yep, turn her life upside down because she can't fit into her senior prom dress or something like that. Right. Um, I actually knew somebody who did not like themselves for who they were, and they ended up just stopping eating. They just stopped eating, and they were having trouble with finances as well. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly they were acting as though they were the happiest person alive because they were losing weight alarmingly fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. Um, And when I see it so close now, I know the warning signs enough to, you know, I love to check in on my friends in general. Like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, what's going on. I love letting them know that I'm there to vent, to talk, whatever you need. I'm always a phone call away, a drive away, what have you. It's just amazing to me that, you know, that happens so quickly. It happened in the span of maybe two months. Yeah. And now they've come, they've reached out and been like, all right, I need help now. Yeah. Like, how did you come back from this? And I'm like, well, 
that's another thing. When people ask me, how did I come back from it? Um, you know, everyone's experience is a little different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how you choose to recover might be the same way that I chose to recover, or you might need to seek some other resources. And, you know, that's up for you to decide. But I always give, here's what I did. Here's your options. There's probably more options out there for you. You just got to look. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, do you, or at any point, did you see a therapist? Yes. Yep. Do you currently? I do currently see a therapist. Nice. I think everybody should see a therapist. Yes. Yes. That is one of my questions though. Kind of what were some of the resources that you did tap into just to, you know, kind of healing and healing. The word healing is just encapsulates a lot. So, you know, there's, there's like physical, mental healing. Like what did Mm -hmm. that look like for you? You know, the resources I did have, um, was, a lot of it was me. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was finding strength within myself and, you know, understanding what I was doing was so horrific. And also it was the physical side effects. Like I started losing my hair. I started um, losing my period. Like it was, you know, those things are awful. They're right. so scary. And I did not think that was going to happen. I thought, oh, people who have eating disorders for years, this is what they go through. No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it can happen literally whenever. And the saddest thing about eating disorders are you don't mean to harm yourself. Right. You just want to um, feel better. You just want to feel better. Yeah. And that's really not the case. And you're quick to learn that once you kind of stumble upon that little yeah. fact. Yeah. Um, because people were like, well were you suicidal? And I said, no, no, I did not intend to hurt myself. I didn't think I was hurting myself. And what was sad was at one point, just because I was skinny, I thought I was healthy. Yeah. And I have a small frame to begin with. And in reality, my recovery, um, you know, I set small goals for myself. Like, Hey, you know, eat a slice of bread today. Yeah. And that's like so simple. And I look at that now and I was like, why were you afraid of bread? That's what we call the strength perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Social workers out there. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you weren't able to eat a full piece of bread yesterday and you're able to today, that's huge. Right. That's a huge step. Yeah. Yeah. And as for other resources, I did have, um, I have an awesome boyfriend. He (laughs) is great and he's a he's like my rock he's just you know my support system with literally anything yeah um and he knows me like the back of my hand and actually today he made a comment saying he knows me more than I know himself and (laughs) part of me is like that's that's funny but it's kind of true like he can read whatever's going on and he just knows literally everything um he just, he was really good to just vent to and to talk to about whatever was going on or how I was feeling. And, you know, even now when I do have my off days, um, he just like reminds me, you know, he doesn't say anything to warrant any form of outburst for me, or he doesn't make me miss my previous unhealthy self ever. Right. He just always says, 
you're beautiful Mm -hmm. or you're kind or you're important or just very, very sweet, uplifting things. Absolutely. That does take away from the situation that's at hand if I'm upset the way my V-neck t-shirt looks on me today. Right, definitely. He'll always be like, I love that shirt or something like that. He's just, he's so cute. (laughs) I can't talk about him enough. Healing in general, whether it be with eating disorders, with mental health um, things that people are experiencing, with breakups, with Mm -hmm. literally anything that's happening in life, healing is not linear. Mm -mm. You will have good days. You will have bad days. You will have days that you have no idea why you started whatever happened in the the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that. And they have like a span, especially throughout the recovery process. You have Mm -hmm. a span of great days and then you'll have a day where you, you don't want to eat anything Yeah, and you feel like you can't or you cry all day. Yeah. Like that is normal. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that and they expect so much of themselves to just, once they start feeling good to feel good forever. But that, that's not what it. That's not what life looks like. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. So I'm curious, you were talking about kind of your support system and before about people checking in on you. As someone who has not experienced an eating disorder, mm-hmm. how would you either suggest or from your perspective, because I'm sure it's different for, for anyone, how mm-hmm. would you have accepted someone being like, this is a problem in the midst of it? So if I were to be a friend, kind of looking out for a friend, um, I would, it also depends on your relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, If it were like someone I'm very close to, I would say, hey, are you okay? I've noticed this. Right. And I would tell them honestly and truthfully what I've noticed. And I'm like, we don't have to talk about it. But if you do want to talk about it, I'm all ears. Absolutely. I just think it's nice to just lend out your hand. And if you are not very close, but you still have some worry for this person, I would just say, hey, how are you? Is everything is everything okay? How are you feeling lately? You know, just start that general conversation. Yeah. Um, another person who was very, very um, present in my recovery was my twin brother. He actually, his story goes in middle school, he was always like a pudgier kid and he just like, he didn't want to be that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And so he started working out, like eating great. And this kid's in eighth grade at this point, mind you. Yeah. He lost 80 pounds in six months. And you know, nobody looking back on it I feel horrible but I didn't know what an eating disorder was yeah and I don't think he did either he wouldn't I don't think he would have identified it as yeah that. he and then he would talk to me about it as we got older and he said this was happening and you know it really did stun alarm in me that I did not notice yeah whereas I praised him Mm-hmm. And when I went through what I went through, still to this day, when I do have my off days or I get scared of certain things or certain things trigger me, he always says, look how far you've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, he'll say, if this is your goal, 
this is what you have to do to work up to your goal. You're not doing that. Right. And he holds me fully accountable. But I think to go back to your topic about men, I, I wouldn't even like, that's my brother and it was happening right under our noses. And we didn't at the time know that was even an issue. And so it's kind of like, wow, you were so young. Yeah. And that's just tragic to me. Like that shouldn't have had to happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's literally one of the greatest people ever. He's so awesome. Um, and you know, sometimes you do in recovery because I'm still recovering. You'll always be recovering. Yeah. Always growing, always changing. Absolutely. Um, he will still remind me of certain things and hold me accountable and say, well, you did this today and that's, that's what matters. Or you did this. And he's like, be happy now. Like it's time to start finding joy and finding yourself again, because I used to play music all the time. I used to do a lot of different art forms. Um, I loved repurposing vintage clothing. Um, I stopped everything and suddenly nothing made me happy. I was working at a daycare center from like nine to five, Monday through Friday. And it was just, my life was just in a monotonous state. And I just, yeah, I just went with it because I thought this is what being an adult is, I guess. And then, you know, as I realized everything, I was like, no, this isn't what life is like. You know, the fact that you can fit into a size double zero jeans, you're still not happy. You're not as happy as you said you were going to be. So now it's time to change. Right. And, you know, I can say I'm the happiest I've been in a long time. I've gotten rid of a lot of the stressors in my life that have also doubled as triggers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, recovery, like you said, is not linear. You will have those good days. You will have those bad days. And it's kind of important to take those bad days with the good because nothing's ever perfect. In life, nothing is ever, ever perfect. So you kind of just got to roll with the punches and stick it out because it's all worth it in the end. Especially through like your recovery process. And you said you kind of, you and your brother, not experienced that together, but he was supportive through that. Mm -hmm. Um, When you spoke about his past, did you, either of you speak about it in the context of him having eating disorder? Is that, are those words that he used? Like, does he still not define it as that? So he currently, he defines it as an eating disorder, but he doesn't pin an actual disorder name to it because he said, I was never diagnosed. Sure. So I wouldn't know. I'd say a majority of people aren't diagnosed. Exactly. Right. That's another amazing, amazing thing to me is some people have an eating disorder just by their lifestyle. Yeah. And they they might not even realize it's an eating disorder. Um, my progression was very strange. I went from eating very healthy to then getting on really restrictive diets. Mm-hmm. I went vegan, which I am still currently a vegan. And I love being vegan, but enjoying... Yes. Being a vegan. Not doing it because of yes. XYZ. Yes. yes. And then when 
I took things way too far. I became a raw vegan. Meaning I didn't, I just didn't eat cooked food. Yeah. And honestly, looking back on it, I'm like, why did I ever do that? Why? How? How did I do it? I was like, I literally lived off an apple and two salads a day. What, what am I doing? Like now I love something that's always made me so happy are acai bowls. Heck yeah. I love them to death. They're so good. I have one every single day. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I love them. And honestly, it's so stupid, but acai bowls taught me that healthy doesn't have to be bland. Oh, absolutely. Healthy can be like this deliciousness, like almond butter, beautiful hot pink food (laughs) and this fruit puree topped with all these good toppings and stuff like that. So I have one every single day and that's like, I look forward to it. Yeah. Like, I'll be home at, like, 10 at night, laying in bed. I'll be like, wow, I can't wait for my acai bowl. <laughs> wow, I could really go for an acai bowl right now. <laughs> I think it's right. We have both been in um, jobs where we make acai bowls. Yeah. <laughs> We're the best. Right? I can... Uh, no, but I, I totally can really know how that. to work a blender. <laughs> <laughs> Same girlfriend. A lot of my friends have had very serious eating disorders. Yeah. It's scary. And it's it's scary and as someone who hasn't had one I never know what to do mm-hmm. every time it comes up with someone new it's it's like a whole new experience because everyone experiences them differently yeah so like I don't know how to approach it sometimes I don't even know that it's happening yeah so it's like I don't know I want I and like I feel like most people mm-hmm. would want to do better and yeah. like to be- better be there for my friends, my friends' friends, wh- whoever. Um, but just, like, knowing how to do that in, like, a tactful way mm-hmm. to, like, not disrupt whatever they're going through. Right, and I think that also coincides with how eating disorders are viewed and how they are talked about and how they're, you know, how we choose to educate people about them. And I feel like, you know, we should be starting the discussion younger, we should be starting a good discussion younger. We should be starting a discussion, you know, as early as your middle school health class. Some places don't even have a middle school health class. That's, that's incredible to a me. Conversation <laughs> for a different day, but Oh my gosh. But still, and like you're and you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people who would disagree with us about that happening would say, Oh, well, if you talk about it at a younger age, more people will fall into that. No. No, Mm-mm. they will if they do fall into it, first of all, they probably would have already. Yes. But they can recognize what it is and seek help more easily. Yeah. And, you know, just as it's important to talk about eating disorders as an entirety, it's also important to talk about those resources as well. So like you said, they can seek that help that they might need. Because, ev- again, everyone's recovery process is different in what you choose to do. Sometimes you might have the willpower to stop those habits that you've you know, adopted. And sometimes you do need a little extra push and that's okay. And I feel like so many people, so many people downplay therapy still. Significantly. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible to me. It's, it's not going to therapy does not make you weak in the slightest. Therapy makes you so strong. I know. Like if you are willing to like, it's, 
and I feel like more often than not, it's a pride thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you are willing to, like, put your pride aside and be like, I'm going through something, mm-hmm. or even better, I'm not going through something, but I'm, you know, doing life. So at some point I will be going through something. Yeah. Start therapy today. You don't have to be in it's the middle of a crisis awesome. yeah. to, to start therapy. It's yeah. better not to even. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes life does get in the way and there's been times I've fallen off and I have not gone to therapy or this, that, and the other thing because life does happen. We do get busy. Um, and then I realize, you know, when it's consecutive treatment and help when I'm going consecutively, I feel fantastic. Yeah. I feel so good. And I feel like I just want to spread that, just kind of plant that in everyone's head is that therapy is so, so incredibly important. If you are going through something, if you're not going through something, what have you, therapy is important. It's just so, it's so normal it should be so normal exactly you regularly go to your primary care provider yeah doctor appointments you should regularly go to therapy it's uh-huh. the, it's the same thing it's just a different kind of health they're both incredibly important <laughs> yeah why aren't we doing this yeah and you know it's it's kind of your body is a machine yeah you could be the An most incredible healthy machine. oh yes You could be the most healthy human being on the outside, but if you do not have yourself figured out on the inside, it's, it's awful. It's just turmoil. Absolutely. And it's so easy. And as noted, you know, I could look so healthy, but it's suddenly that restriction that I had on myself leaked out into other aspects of my life that I did not mean for it to leak out with. Mm -hmm. And that's important to talk about, too, is that eating disorders ruin your relationships with friends, with significant others, with family. It's just it's suddenly you become a version of yourself you might not even know or that some of your friends, family, what have you, they don't even know you. Yeah, absolutely. It changes you and like makes you into this person that you never thought you'd be. Did... Your family and close friends, boyfriends, what have you, know at the time that you were going through this? Or was it something that you hid either by not talking about it or by wearing certain kinds of clothes mm-hmm. or by what, what did that look like for you? You know, I hid it for as long as I could mm-hmm. because honestly, I didn't think it was a big deal for a long time. And that's mistake number one. Um <laughs> I was just like losing weight. I was like, ooh, cool. Like this is a new form of rush. And so it was winter, like dead of winter. And I had a dress code that I had to wear polo, like collared shirts. So naturally I have tattoos and I have to keep them covered. So I would wear a huge oversized sweater over my collared shirt. And everyone thought it was like the cutest little look and like stuff like that. But in reality, I was getting so small and nobody knew. Yeah. Because suddenly like you shed off the sweater and people are like, oh, oh no. Oh no. Um, and, you know, what was really funny was while I was going through that, um, nobody said anything like regarding my family 
And until I formally like took matters into my own hands and sought help and stuff like that. And then I came clean to everyone about it. Like, Hey, I am going through this right now. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make you aware of it. I'm not looking for your sympathy. I'm not looking for anything like that. I just want you to treat me a certain way while I'm going through recovery. And here's how I would like to be treated. I'll talk about this with you. I'd love to educate you on it. Um, And it was funny because um, I had a family member say, oh, well, yeah, you were like too thin. And it's amazing to me, like, you didn't, you didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, you love me so much, but you didn't say anything. Right. Was it because you didn't know what to say? Did you have that conversation? I never ended up having the conversation just because I was a little sensitive to it for a little while. Absolutely. Understandably. I was like, all right, you know, it's, it's weird Especially, you know, talking about it with, I've noticed, older generations, Mm -hmm. you typically do get a little bit of a different answer, whereas if I spoke about it with one of my friends or something like that. Yes. And what's kind of sad was that when I would talk about it with older generations, um, they would just kind of say, oh, (laughs) okay, well, you're not eating, whatever. We all go through that stage. And I'm like... Do we all go through that stage? Uh, no. I'm like, no. Um, because I had one family member tell me that when they lived in the city, they lived off a diet of tang and air-popped popcorn. Mind you, she was a model as well. Sure. But also, I remember asking her, I'm like, did you think that was a problem? There's, I feel like the way she said it to you in kind of the the way that you're speaking about it now because she spoke about it that way is like did she actually think that was normal yeah you know she was like I was young I did not have a lot of money because living in New York City and stuff like that mind you this was also the 80s um but she just she said like she was so busy again with that whole lifestyle thing like you could have an eating disorder and not even know it yeah or not even categorize it yeah, like that. Yeah, right. You just wouldn't identify it You're as an eating disorder. Oh, I'm on the go. Yeah. Right. Like, I, again, had a coffee for two meals today. I grabbed a granola bar. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's a big one. And you know, what's so crazy, and I still see it to this day, was, you know, not eating normal amounts of food, nearly normal, for a long time. I remember trying so hard to like, you know, talk to myself and be like, all right, well, this is a full meal. How long has it been since you've eaten a full meal? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's felt like forever. And that's so sad because it's like, yes, I have the resources too, but I just haven't eaten a full meal in like forever. And that's the stuff I took for granted. I was like, dude, what? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like I couldn't believe I had turned into this shell version of myself. And you know, during the fit of my eating disorder, I looked very, very sick. You know, I will see photos of myself from that period of time and want to cry because I'm like, wow, you look physically so ill. Um, like it wasn't even 
I was nothing, nowhere near looking skeletal or anything like that, but I just looked worn out, yeah. run down, very upset. Not like yourself. Yes. Yeah. Even I could be at like an ugly sweater party, which I always get hyped up about because <laughs> who doesn't love they're awesome. ugly big sweaters? Um, but I was looking at photos of myself the other day and I was like, wow, you look so unhappy. Mm. Um, it's just incredible how, you know, still people can hide that aspect. Um, and you know, I always wonder, and I look back at those memories and I'm like, do you think they knew? Do you think the people who were with you knew at that time, which again goes into the whole, like we knew, but we didn't say anything sort of thing. Not to give anyone an out by any means, but I think the people close to you probably knew. Oh yeah. I think a lot of people, especially people like our age now Mm -hmm. are very, for lack of a better word, selfish. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not paying attention to other people. Yeah. They don't notice those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem in itself. Oh, yeah. But I also think they really might not have noticed. Mm-hmm. And if they did, they should have said something, but also aren't taught how to. Right. And that goes back to that education piece. Yeah. And what's hard about recovering from an eating disorder is how long it actually takes to see results from recovery. Because currently, I don't look much different besides, like, a five-pound gain. And sometimes that does discourage me, but then I realize, like, you're healthy now. Yeah. Like, look at that. That's so cool. Like, you do have all of your hair is finally healthy. You have a working reproductive system again. Like, what? You also said that you're the happiest you've been in a long time. Yes. Which is to me is the biggest piece. Yeah. If you if you were at the beginning of your like road to recovery and you felt this happy and you st- were looking in the mirror and you still didn't look like yourself, mm-hmm. that's still a big step. Yeah. Feeling happy is huge. Yeah. Cuz people regardless of what they're going through, mm-hmm. very often don't feel happy. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like some days You know, I still love working out. I love eating healthy. I love fueling my body with the proper things that it needs. Um, But some days it is hard and you do resort back to that old way of thinking. And again, like we said earlier, recovery isn't linear. Recovery can take a very, very long time. Um, And yeah, I love, you know, always bettering myself and you know, growing as a person and just kind of meeting goals that I set either short-term or long-term. And I've suddenly like, I was at the mall today and I was buying clothing and that's always a fun time because I remember, you know, throughout my stages, I remember standing in dressing rooms and just picking myself apart. I was either too big or you're too small. And I never thought I would ever say that until one day I was looking in the mirror in Marshalls and I looked at myself in a pair of pants and I was like, oh my God. Um, and it's, it's weird to see 
Like I always thought it was so weird to see myself so skinny because I used to have like very voluptuous curves and stuff like that. And I wasn't happy that way either. So this life, it's so funny with the span of your life, you go through so many yous, so many bodies, so many mindsets. Um, and I saw an influencer post about that and that was reading that post. I kind of looked back at myself and I said, wow, what other parts of this journey are you going to embark on? Um, like you've already come this far, but there's more. There's always more. (laughs) There's always more. So it's going to be, bodies are hard. Like I one day want to have children so it's, so it's kind of like, how am I going to feel during that? Yeah. Like, and your body's going to change a oh, lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Before, during and after. But, um, For sure. yeah, it's suddenly like I've become comfortable where I am. Even those five pounds that I gained comfy, Yeah. you know, it just made me feel more like me again. And I always resort back to you know, I was so happy when I started like eating healthy, fueling my body. Right. And now that I've returned to that mindset, you just feel so free. Yeah. And I'm constantly like every time I stress or I have to go to like a big event or something, or I have to look my best, I always stress and I'm like, wow, this isn't going to look as good as it did when, or as opposed to when you were at this A, B and C stage of your recovery. But you know, even my boyfriend and I attended a wedding last night. And for the first time in a long time. You looked really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I felt that way. Yeah. And that's so important. And I was sure to like, I held myself in that moment. And it was incredible. I let myself have that moment. Just like appreciate yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I just remembered looking in the mirror and I'm like, I look okay. good. I'm like, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and I walked into my boyfriend's house, and he's like, you look like a princess. Aww. I was like... Oh, he's so sweet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. And it's just... I don't know. I held myself in that moment, and I just said, remember this. Yeah. Keep this. Um, this is a good moment. Absolutely. And, you know... I obviously want to have so many more moments like that. I would love to wake up every day, one day, and say that to myself. And, you know, a lot of it has come with, like, daily affirmations. Like, I try and give myself a daily affirmation every day. Do you do it in the mirror? Yes. Just curious. Yes, I do. Mirrors are a big piece, and Mm -hmm. I know it's not easy. Yeah, and I always, you know, it's usually never about appearance, but I'll always say, hey, you are kind or you did something great today, or you ate a piece of toast today. What, what the <laughs> heck? That's super cool. Um, or you had so much fun with your friends at the state fair. We <laughs> did have so much fun. We with did have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ate some good food too. Oh my gosh. The fried zucchini dude. <laughs> so much. And uh, wine slushies, anybody? Oh I, I don't remember my cow. I think it was like six. It was a, it was a couple. <laughs> oh, God. And that was another thing. Like, I loved wine. Wine is like my thing. I love it. Um, I was scared to drink wine. Oh, that's 
sad. So I never yeah. would <laughs> because I was like, wow, this is all sugar. This is all calories. Yep, I'm you're drinking drink, you're drinking all your calories. And I'm like, drink your calories. Drink my, I'm going to drink my wine. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of it. <laughs> I'm going to have more. I'm going to have more. At what age did this start? I was, I was 18. Okay. I was 18 when it started. Um, what's funny was I was out of high school. I was, um, previously I went to school in DC, um, and then I moved home. So it wasn't any of those pressures. Like I wasn't surrounded by like model-esque looking people or something where I didn't idolize people. It was literally just thinking about myself like, oh, you could be better. Mm. Um, And social media did play a big part in that. Where, you know, you are seeing these beautiful edited people. Um, You're seeing the highlight reel. Yes, you're seeing the highlight reel. You're not seeing their down days. You're not seeing, you know, everything like that. And, you know, it's funny because I, I feel like I'm more honest on my Twitter than I am. We all are. Oh yeah. <laughs> with my Instagram. Twitter like my man, Instagram, it'll get you. You're gonna have a cute photo of me at a wedding, but my Twitter is uh, my Twitter is all hands off. Like anything yeah. could be in there. For real. Um, I live that. <laughs> yeah, and I shared. I think it was the day after the Fourth of July. I shared a photo of me, and I said, "I am in my recovery," and I did post. Um, a photo of me months prior when I was at the worst to my current stage. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Like, are people going to think I'm attention seeking for sharing my journey that I'm so proud of? Because sometimes I have gotten that. I've gotten that backlash before. And that's not cool either because we don't talk about eating disorders enough anyways. At all. Let me talk about it. Right. And, you know, I'm super open about what I went through and everything like that because if I could just help somebody or say something that would make them feel better I totally would um because you know I felt like if I just had somebody who had that experience as I started I don't think it would have gone as far yeah um if I had somebody say hey this is gonna happen to you while you're recovering, this is going to happen to you, like, during, I would have been like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through that. And that's even worse because, you know, some of the side effects are you are literally, your body is learning how to eat again. Yeah. It's painful. It's extremely, extremely physically painful. And, you know, to this day, I still do have, like, stomach issues because I deprived myself of basic nutrients for so long. Um, and you know, if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will is because your body, like I looked at it, I took a step back and actually took everything into an account. I'm like, wow, my body is learning how to eat again. Yeah. And what was so weird was while I was going through it, so many people romanticized yes. my eating disorder. Yep. And that was so difficult. I had somebody say that what they loved about me most was the fact that my thighs didn't touch. 
no the thigh gap thing stresses me out i was like what yeah and I, and that's huge yeah people are that's like all over the internet yeah you don't no. you want a thigh gap that's like a goal that it's, people have god it's it's not worth any amount of pain and when i had this person flat out tell me that their favorite thing was the fact that my thighs did not touch when i walked i was suddenly like out of all the things out of all the things i'm a dime right i'm a dime i'm, I'm a, a, a dime. plus human being right <laughs> That's I give your favorite thing? all the gold stars, <laughs> and you say you love my thigh gap. Oh, no. Oh, God. Mind and they you, think they're complimenting you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, no, you could say I have a kind personality or this or that, or I have super badass tattoos. Like You do have badass tattoos. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> um, you know, that's just so weird to me, and people would romanticize how I was so skinny or... I've also had some really harsh comments as well. Um, I think something that hurt the most was somebody compared me to a Holocaust victim. And I was like, that's brutally insensitive of you. At what point do people think that's okay? Exactly. And they thought, here's, here's the worst part. They thought I would take it to be as funny as, as com- they thought. I am say either as a compliment or funny. It's always what I'm it is. I'm like, no. It's, it's really not funny. It's like incredibly insulting. Yeah. And, you know, it's insulting in more ways than one. Absolutely. It's insulting to me and you're insulting... The experience yeah, of humans. The tragedy the, that right. this was. And, yeah, no. It's, it's incredible to me how people are so insensitive when they're dealing with something so fragile. Um, yeah, so a lot of the issue does stem from, like, romanticizing eating disorders because honestly, when you're, when you, you know, put yourself under a microscope for so long and pull yourself apart, the last thing that you want is other people to pull yeah, you apart. Absolutely. Also like know better, do better. Yeah. Not you, obviously. This right. insensitive person that is the worst. Do better. <laughs> Seriously. But ser- you going into saying that comment, you know, you should not be saying it. You are actively choosing to say something hurtful to many parties. Oh, yeah. Because you think it's funny? Question mark. It's not, though, even. So I don't know where that stems from. But after after it happened, I was like, what? Like blindsided almost. Like I was just shaking my head, like chuckling, not because it's funny, but the absurdity. Like what just happened? It was yeah, it was an experience all on its own. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's amazing to me how much comments are, you know, said to me still with the whole, um, like, I'll be trying something on or shopping with a family member and they'll be like, oh, well, you're still, like, skinny as a rod, so you can pull this off. And I'm like, no, no. If everyone just took a minute... <laughs> To think about what they're about to say. Oh my God. And these people, okay. Just like a minute. Just a second. But just take a, literally a second even. You're right. Take a second to acknowledge what you're about to say in the context of the person Mm -hmm. you're saying it to. Yeah. That's really all you have to do. Yeah. Is this a wise choice? Brain connection. Lena, eating disorder (laughs) prior. She went through this grand recovery. And it's one thing if they don't know. 
Yeah. We can be more forgiving with that. It, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it hurts less, Yeah. but if they don't know that sure. Yeah. For sake of the conversation. Yeah. And like, but if you're aware of what somebody's going through and you still decide to not actively choose your words, yeah. do better. Right. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this is just one big, like to one giant do better. billboard, do, do better. better. <laughs> Be better. Like, come on, guys. Um, 18 to 25 is like, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Or they'll act Girls or guys? Both. Hmm. Both. Okay. Just curious. Um, You know, sometimes I'll tell girls about it and girls will be like, well, I experienced this once and I actively listen because if I could, again, be somebody's out or something like that, I will certainly talk to them and be like... All right, well, how are you now? Or how can I... How can I help you? Or how can I listen even? Yeah. Do you want me to be, like, listening to give you advice mm-hmm. based on my experience? Do you want me to be listening because you need someone to listen because yeah. there isn't someone doing that? I mean, yeah. What I've learned in this whole, whole slew of events is to be there for myself, but to be there for everyone else and make it very, very known. Yeah. Because I felt like... You know, a lot of the time people would be like, well, you could have come and talked to me. And I'm like, could I have? Could I? You know, it's just like I said earlier on, people, when they noticed, well, when did you notice? Right. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember those days where I went the entire day just eating under 400 calories and I would burn all of them off. Just by you know, breathing and walking and, and I don't, I don't mean to downplay that, but like, yeah, but just like the walking and like existing that you do during the day burns calories. (laughs) And I didn't realize again, how many calories your body burns naturally just by day to day. And sleeping, you burn a lot of calories. I didn't, I didn't know that until like this journey as well. I was like, what? I can burn 500 calories when I'm asleep. That's so weird. Yeah. I was expecting the opposite. I'm like, I'm just laying there. Now, I love eating. Like, I love it so much. (laughs) And it's so funny because, again, like, I didn't know how I lived like that for so long. Because if I'm not eating, like, within three hours of waking up, I'm a jerk. Yeah. Or if I haven't had dinner and I go over to um, Jake's house, I'll just... He'll be like, you, you didn't eat. He'll be like, you need to knock it off. <laughs> He's like, let's get you something. But yeah, no, it's the funniest thing because I'll look back and I'll be like, how did I do that? Like, yeah. that was the weirdest time of my life. It's so strange. Um, and there's two things just really quick that I want to touch on. One of them was from way in the beginning that you were saying is that um, you experienced like hair loss and mm-hmm. your period stopped. And I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of women particularly mm-hmm. um, experience eating disorders because they are kind of like trying to achieve that like super skinny quote unquote feminine look. And then you go through this experience where a lot of the things that are almost considered like security blankets for you, um, like your hair, like, you know, experiencing your period, like you stop experiencing those. And that's just like a whole journey in mm-hmm. itself. Mind and you, I think people don't acknowledge people don't acknowledge that, and like you said, people don't know that that's gonna happen. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the whole, the period thing was scary yeah. because I remember just, you know, I'm always regular. I remember not getting it and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is real SOS. bad. SOS. I'm like, SOS. <laughs> what am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, I remember freaking out. And then, you know, it was the weirdest thing because I would just spot. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? I need help. Um, But yeah, no, that was actually the quickest thing to return. Um, And when that returned, I suddenly felt like, oh my gosh, this is back. Those things you take for granted. Yeah. Those are big moments. Yeah. Like losing, starting to lose your hair. Like that's insane. I remember I would get out of the shower and, you know, I'm a bleach blonde anyway, so I do have damaged hair. But this is a whole different type of thing. Like yeah. seeing your hair in your hands. It's like, I remember I was mortified. And like you said, those things that are your security blankets um, are suddenly taken away as well. And yeah. it's like, at what cost was this worth it? And that was, that was huge. When I started experiencing those things, I was like, no way. And I remember I used to experience like alcohol differently, of course, as well, because I wasn't eating. I would get so, so, so like hammered and I didn't mean to. Right. And that was incredibly embarrassing, mind you, because it's like, I don't want to be known as that person. Like that, that's not cute. Like, and it's not you and you realize that. And that's the worst thing. Like, there is nothing worse in general than waking up after a night out and you're like, I did some pretty weird things. I don't know what I did. I don't know what it was, but I can feel it in I my soul. I can feel it. And then you go on your yeah. phone and you're like, oh, oh no. Man. <laughs> yep. That alone, like when you, we all have those moments, but that alone is so embarrassing. And I remember being like, is this... Is this going to happen? Is this just a thing now? It's just my, is this my life? Is this my life now? Yeah. It's just one sad, like, embarrassing story. <laughs> and, you know, now that I look back on that, I was like, wow, I'm so glad that I took time and made the changes that I did to, like, I'm finally healthy. I can finally yeah. not have those super embarrassing moments. And, like, to, I feel like to a lot of people, those are, like, quote, unquote, small things. But, mm-hmm. like that's huge yeah and after you go living for so long a certain way and you suddenly feel like free yeah that's that's what it's all worth that's what it's all worth yeah um you said that this kind of all started when you were 18 ish Mm -hmm. um and i know i want to kind of wrap it back to the social media piece of it and now that people are using social media so much younger Mm -hmm. how do you think as a society in whole, I guess, can kind of address or like be more cautious, I guess, of like helping younger people kind of not fall into this like body shaming, Mm -hmm. body dysmorphia, eating disorder culture. I think it just, I feel like we as the next generation of parents, um, need to start the conversation openly with our children. You know, I saw a Facebook post and it was gorgeous. It was just like, here's how you should talk to your child about their body. Um, And it was like, don't make comments. 
don't comment on this one aspect of their body. Don't say this. Don't say that. Whereas feed their mind. Like tell them you're so kind. You're smart. You know, try not to focus on appearance so much because that's not everything. Right. Um, and it's, it was like, teach them how to cook, teach them how to fuel their body, like be there for them. And, you know, something so simple as that, we just, you know, I, I always look at it as what are you going to say to your kids? What are you going to say? Are you going to tell them that you struggled with this? Right. Are you... You know, because I think it would break my heart if I didn't get the message into my child and they came home one day and said, Mom, I'm having a hard time with this. And that would just break my heart. And, you know, the conversation doesn't stop at home. It needs to be continued in the classroom, you know. With their friends. With their friends, with, you know, important people in their life, teachers, coaches, um, all of that. We just need to stop... I believe being so vain. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to advertise something, because I know Instagram has all of those advertisements right now. Yep. I feel like make it more informative. Make it more scientifically, you know, backed with. Right. You know, I saw one um, ad that popped up, and it was about endometriosis, a topic that I also know a little bit about. Um check out episode four (laughs) and that was the first time i was like wow endometriosis went from being something that was not talked about and so many people have it yeah whereas now it's gaining that you know popularity it needs to like it has now a place in you know everyday conversation and i feel like you know, I want to see the world progress to the point where eating disorders are the same and no one's really afraid to talk about them or afraid, you know, to check in on their friends who they think are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, informative posts, like, do you or a loved one sub- or, you know, have these signs? Like, do they, here are warning signs, here are warning signs. And right. you know, it is suicidal prevention month. I've seen a lot of those posts, but when eating disorder awareness week month rolls around, right? you just, you know, you just hear stories, which are awesome. I love hearing other people's story. I love sharing my story, but it's, it's kind of like, well, how do I spot this? Right. And you also have to be like following a certain type of mm-hmm. organization or a specific person to like, like see those or something right to like see those posts but like they should be coming from every angle mm-hmm. they need to be coming from everywhere oh yeah and i so i feel like you know we just need to start the conversation and we need to you know not you know get personal with it get yeah. you know that's what that's what helps people the most I yeah think. in in every situation don't not, be so formal don't be so formal with conversations like that because it does not need to be formal because it's not a formal subject. You could be like saving somebody's life right. because realistically eating disorders are very, very dangerous and they can be fatal. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, you don't try or you sometimes 
it, it could go either way. Some people say like, yes, I did it because I was in pain or something like that. Or I, like in my case, I didn't, I wasn't trying to hurt myself. I didn't want to yeah. hurt myself. Right. Um, I, that just needs to just be a whole other conversation on its own. But I feel like we do need to open the door and start talking about that more in a brighter light because it's very, very important. Yeah. But also just, you know, talking about it in general. Exactly. Which is what you did today. And I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Um, Is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off, like advice or I don't know, anything? Check in on your homies and tell them you love them. That's a big, it's, it seems so simple. Tell your people you love them. Exactly. Let people know that you're there and that you care about them, that you do love them because, you know, that's so important because if I had the sturdy group of people back then that I have now, I feel like I would have been a lot, you know, quicker to make the changes. But yeah, just be there for your homies. Tell me, love them. And yeah, that's that. That's about it. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you best. so much. I appreciate you coming on and speaking so candidly about your experience. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having this outlet. <laughs> oh, anytime. You're always welcome. Oh, yes. I'm uh, sure I'll be back. <laughs> oh, probably. Um, so thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to everyone in the world. <laughs> and um, this is the Thrive Hive where you are always the queen bee. Bye. Bye.